Ladies and gentlemen, this is El Cochino, Tom Lawler, and I'd like to welcome you to the podcast that puts the lotion on its own skin, Lucha World. Bitchin'. Welcome everyone to Lucha World Podcast, episode number 133. Fredo Esparza here, and this week we will be talking about all the latest news in Lucha Libre, including the recent passing of Raciel, um, one of the longtime CMLL wrestlers. Um, he was there since 2003, so um, odds are if you are a CMLL fan or you were a, a, a recent CMLL fan or somebody who maybe hasn't been keeping in keeping track of what's been going on in CMLL, but you probably are familiar with what Rasil, um, his career in that promotion. Um, we will be talking about his recent passing, um, some other CMLL news, including a lot of title changes that have been going on um, recently, um, mo- mostly due to the, really mostly due to the um, them trying to fill up some of the vacant titles that they had at the time, but also um, I think they're trying to position um, what they're, going to do for the upcoming for what's going on right now with the universal tournament um they just had the first block this past friday so then they'll have the second and third blocks they finally revealed how they had the format for those i think the wednesday prior to the to the this past friday show they actually finally announced more or less what they were trying to do i think some people kind of figured it out seeing the the lineup for the first friday um featuring all national champions in the first block um, we'll talk about that. We'll be talking about the upcoming 66th anniversary show of Arena Mexico, which will be happening on a- April 29th. Um, they've already announced a couple of matches for that show. We'll also be talking about some a big announcement for um, Triple Mania trip in Tijuana. Um, AAA has already announced three of the matches for that show. Um, also recapping the WrestleCon AAA show and a couple of other news that, um, that came up from recently. That's all we'll be talking about. But before we get to all of that, we should probably ta- start off with um, the passing of Russell. Um, that really came by a big surprise. He'd been out of wrestling for a while because of an injury. I think going back to late November was when he had his last match and then he missed. Uh, he was supposed to be in that CMLL World Middleweight Tournament. But he missed that. Um, that he, he was pulled from that tournament because of the injury. So I think when we initially saw... Um, this past Monday, April 4th, the news, CMLL actually broke the news. I, I think they were the ones that broke the news because what everybody else found was that the only other information we had was that Sky Day was looking for family members, friends or family members of 
Raciel because he want he he needed to talk to them. He didn't really um specify for what reason, but then like around because I didn't even see that. I think Cubs fan was the first one that caught that, um, and obviously the people that are that were on Facebook at that time and might have seen um, the Sky Day post during that time were obviously the first ones that noticed that. But the first time we heard of um, Rossiel's passing was CMLL posting the the news on their social media, uh, which was very quick for um, confirmation. Usually we get somebody else confirming the pat. Usually we get the the rumor that somebody passed away from within the the Lucha Libre community that they start talking about it. But this time the the promotion actually was the one that that jumped ahead and that's where we got the news at first i really thought that he had maybe it was from an injury maybe had caught covid or something but what we got later on was uh, multiple reports that mentioned that he was in a car accident there was another report during um his wake that he had suffered a heart attack there's some people who probably just assumed that maybe he suffered a similar fate to that of macho man randy savage who suffered a heart attack while driving so that's kind of what everybody thought had happened. I mean, I don't know if we're ever going to know because in Mexico, they pretty much, once somebody passes away, and if it's something that they kind of can confirm wasn't a mysterious death or something um, that it was, a you know, anything that was, I'm trying to think of the proper word, but, it, you know, something that's suspicious, um, they usually the next night they're the next day they're already um, planning out the they are they're, they either bury them or they're doing the wake and and all that stuff so um very quickly he was bur- buried so um it caught everybody by surprise a lot of people were just stunned just seeing the reaction from a lot of the wrestlers that knew, knew him they were all very surprised uh, for the most part i everything i heard about raziel was that he was a very professional um as far as his career took it very seriously and he was a very um he was considered a really good guy a lot everybody just said he was a good guy i think the one thing that we did see with him like in the ring was that as time went by and the fact that Raziel and Concerbero weren't getting that big push at a certain point in their careers especially being that they were in cml for such a long time we started seeing that they they didn't accept mistakes from young technicos that they didn't take it that kindly so they kind of like would sometimes you know sandbag the start sandbagging them or just doing a lot of stuff that uh, probably wasn't the proper way to react to a, a mistake done by somebody who's just starting out in wrestling and some of the guys who make mistakes weren't even guys who were just starting out they were just guys making mistakes because that's part of you know nobody's perfect you make mistakes in the ring and sometimes that happens I think it just became more noticeable because Raziel and Concerbero <laughs> whenever it happened they kind of didn't really appreciate it happening during their matches um, but yeah, Raciel, longtime uh, member of the Canceberos, a longtime tag team partner with Cancerbero. They go back to being a team back in, I would say, late 2003, early 2004 was when they started teaming up. And um, as you know, Cancerbero was known as Masala and Raciel was known as Caligula. Uh, we also got a little, I also found a little bit more information as far as um, p- previous identities. Um, Actually, Rob Viper found another one, um, but his initial identity was Arquero Primero. Um, he was trained by um, Aaron Alvarado, who wrestled as Ro- Robin and as Brasso Cibernético. If you're not familiar with Robin, this this family member of the Alvarados, he was part of Los Arqueros del Espacio, which was one of the more uh, popular trios in the in the eight in the I, I guess they started around the mid 80s and then continued on into the early 90s and then when um 
when they started like doing other stuff and you know moving into other you know parts their points of their careers um aaron kind of um switched over to brasso cibernetico and he started also training and um he trained raciel and raciel he actually gave him the gimmick arquero primero and he, his idea was to start an ar, uh, an arquero de los del espacio trio, which of course also included another member, uh, which he actually named Robin Two, who happened to later on become um, Gale Geo when they became when they joined AAA. Uh, Rob Viper found another um, gimmick that he wrestled as, and that was Golden. Um, I didn't put that in the in in his obit because. Unfortunately, I actually couldn't find any information on Golden. It was basically, he went from Arquero to Neo. Um, I think I found one on Operativo and IWRG because that came in, in a couple of interviews. I think one of the interviews was Raciel talking about that time. And then um, later also Caligula and Raciel and CMLL. Uh, but he had a pretty long career. Not really somebody who was a, a big star, just a guy who was pretty much a, a considered a good worker. Um, I always thought he was somebody that I remember when um, Averno left CMLL and they were looking to um, ex- to keep the Hijos del Infierno or Hijos del Averno uh, around. They had Mephisto and Efesto, and they were trying to find somebody else. Obviously, the first choice everybody would mention was Echicero, but then the other one that kept mentioning was um, Raciel, obviously, along with Cancer Bro. They kind of thought, why not just put them in that group? Because at that point in time, uh, at certain points during that time, even though Virus was part of the group, it kind of felt like Virus was kind of pushed on his own. You know, he was kind of like always teaming with random guys and then getting work in the super lightweight division, usually wrestling with Dragon Lee or guys who were moving up the cards. Um, so so Virus had a more of a role in, in the promotion and not to mention he was also a trainer. Um, but Raciel Cancerbero, for the most part, were kept like in the first or second match for a long stretch of time. I think when Super Commando left, that kind of seemed like that kind of lowered Raciel and Cancerbero down. Instead of moving up, they kind of were used more as the guys who were kind of starting to, you know, they were the guys who had to, um, who were given the responsibility of um, being the first step for a young technical to move up on in the card so they would work with them. And so, because they were good. And unfortunately, as the years went by, as I said, they kind of started taking um, liberties and not really being that, that um, it, it just didn't work as, as well. But for the longest time, they were pretty much just guys who you would see go. Uh, when they were with Virus, they usually worked second or third match. But when they were on their own, they would usually work first or op- um, the opener or second match. But yeah, but they were a long time tag team. They really got their big break, oddly enough, during the pandemic, COVID-19. I think there's really, in CMLL, there may there may have been maybe like four or five people that actually got a stronger push because CMLL decided to, that they, they did the Night of Champions thing and they decided that they um, would let the fans vote. And little did they realize that the fans actually liked a certain ty- um, group of um, wrestlers that were never getting a big opportunity. And that, of course... Um, you saw Los Atrapasueños, Ray Cometa, and Espiritu Negro, who were um, who are very over with the fan base, with the CMLL fan base, the ones that actually vote and do stuff that are like diehard fans. And then the Cancer- Los Cancerberos, Virus, Raciel, and Cancerbero. Obviously, Virus has always Virus has been over with a lot of people over the years, and always people kind of wonder why he's not given more of an opportunity. But I think a lot of people understand him being smaller sized. That that's probably the main reason 
injuries and he didn't he doesn't get the the the, the big opportunities but every time he's been giving that given that opportunity to work in a in a semi main or a main event he's always been able to um do very well uh, but Russell and Kensaburo, for whatever reason, never got that opportunity until 2020 when the fans actually voted them to challenge NGD for the National Trios titles. Um, they lost that match at the anniversary show. They kind of seemed to be, um, they actually eventually won those titles when when NGD vacated the titles when they won the CML World Trios titles. And then obviously um, 2021, that was really kind of like they were kind of already like in 2020 getting that big opportunity where they were not necessarily um, main event level, but they were starting to work like third or fourth match on shows. And that and that and also even if they're working sec- second match, it's very different because during the pandemic, instead of having a six match card, they've kind of gone more to a five match card and they're still doing that at the moment. Um, I think they do six match cards sometimes in um, in Guadalajara, but um, for the most part, non-tournament CMLL shows have mostly been five match um, events, uh, so they've kind of like they they were kind of starting to move up, and then in twenty twenty one, with so many um, wrestlers departing CMLL, it kind of seemed like they were getting more bookings, and also move they had more of an opportunity to work um, the third and semi main event level, and even I think at certain points they even worked main events, um, not necessarily the trio, but they like when they would sub for somebody that was that had just left or was injured or was gone or unavailable also due to COVID. I mean, a lot of the stuff that was going on was also um, guys having to miss shows because they were, you know, they were dealing with COVID um, either symptoms or they had COVID or they had been um, near somebody that had COVID and weren't allowed to wrestle on those shows. So these, they got, Russell got to work a little bit more frequently higher on cards. Um, And I think had, he not passed away, I think it would have continued. I think they probably would have moved higher because really they've CML have moved up Los Gemelos Diablo and Sagrado to work a lot more frequently on main events. They've been working main events on Tuesday and Sunday shows. So and a couple of other shows. I would assume Cancer Burrows probably would have gotten that role as well, kind of being main eventers on the on the second level shows not necessarily the friday show is the big show i don't think they would be the the main event on a friday show but you know on a tuesday or any other show they probably would have been uh, main event level um so you know it's unfortunate that the timing of his passing uh was was very unfortunate <laughs> you know there's never a good time um and also he was 49 years old he was still relatively young um as far as um not necessarily for wrestling he's not wrestling him but for a person that you know still had a lot of life left ahead it's very unfortunate and to hear some of the guys just talk about how you know they had just seen him um virus and cancer bro talked about how they they um they had just seen him recently i know julio cesar rivera said that one of the um, panico who's one of the programming di- um, directors in cmll saw him that saw him that went that monday um afternoon or early monday and he said he seemed like he, he you know he was getting he was getting um rehab he was rehabbing his um his injury and he said he looked fine and everything. And to hear that he had just died, it, it was it was it it hit it hit a lot of people by surprise. Very sad. I thought it was a cool moment where um, this past Friday, uh, when CML started the Universal Tournament, they actually had a little bit of a moment for um, Rasiel, uh, and they had the, the his his National Trios title with him. Um, I don't know what they're going to do as far as that title now that he's passed away. Um, they could possibly vacate the titles and have find a new partner. Um, they've been teaming with Luciferno, um, but the, the idea with, when they brought in Luciferno was that 
he was going to join it and they were going to become a faction. Cancer Barrels, when they first started, were actually like a, a faction. Um, so I think they probably thought, bring in Luciferno, have him be a faction member, and then that would allow the other um, members to do something else. You know, Virus being, he's always like, when they need a big singles match, you know, in a with a younger guy trying to move up, he's usually good for that. You know, it's it's unfortunate. Um, I kind of think they probably should just have Lucy Verne. Maybe they could, I don't know. I think they should do that. Maybe, they, I don't know what they're going to do. I think that, that's to me, that would be the easier solution because, I mean, do we need, really need another tournament? I mean, CMLL has been tournament crazy for several years, um, especially the fact that they do them so frequently on on the on the Friday shows, I think that I think that's one of the big mistakes that CMLL is doing. Um, I don't know if tournaments are a good thing for a Friday show, especially if you're paying. I don't know if a a, a show that has multiple three minute matches on it is the right way to like um, draw in a viewing a paying audience. Also, the same at the same time, I think they're it's also not working when it, um, that's also the the tourist um, night. It kind of feels like that. A tournament to me is more like a, a, a diehard type of fan thing. So I think that's probably something I would have just switched over to. Uh, and, you know, then th- Sundays are more of a family show. So I think that's tournaments are probably better suited for like a Tuesday type of show. Um, I don't know. That's just me. Um, but yeah, it's sad to hear that um, Russell's passing um, 49 years old. I think he probably had a lot more to offer um, Lucha Libre. Um, and it's sad. I mean, anytime recently we've seen a lot of um, wrestlers passing away not just in mexico but in the in the united states of various ages too like i mean just recently we had black warrior jr pass away so um it's been very very um sad to to be following wrestling at this moment i i I could see a lot of people kind of being a little bummed to me this one really like kind of took me i think it hit a lot of people by by surprise and hit him a little bit harder than most because he was still very active in wrestling i mean it's it's unfortunate um, you you got a lot. You got to see a lot of um, emotion from Virus and Cancer Barrow. Um, Virus is somebody that you don't really expect that much emotion from, and um, he talked about how he knew um, Rossiel going back to even before he joined CMLL back when he was um, wrestling as Neo on on the independent scene. Sky Day was also very close to Rossiel, so a lot of a lot of wrestlers. Um, very sad moment. Um, very sad to very sad news to to start a week. It really puts things in per- perspective because I think we're all busy talking about how we're talking about all this lucha libre news, all this other wrestling news, and then this hits you and it's like, oh man, that sucked. Uh, but getting back to the other news in CMLL, for whatever reason, CMLL recently, and actually this was during WrestleMania weekend, they went back to back nights where. Um, Euphoria and Sobrano Jr., the father-son tandem in the promotion, lost their singles titles. Euphoria lost his um, national heavyweight title to El Terrible on a Friday night show. And then on a Saturday show, Dragon Rojo Jr. beat Sobrano Jr. to win the CMLL World Middleweight title. Um, That really just seemed a little bit odd. And it wasn't until, like, to me, it was just like, oh, you know, title changes. I kind of, when they had the title changes, my initial thought was that they were doing the title changes because they wanted people to get more in um, enthused about the Universal Tournament. So suddenly, all of a sudden, um, within a week heading into the tournament, 
change of plans. Suddenly you had a new champion involved in the in the tournament two, or two new champions involved in the tournament. We've seen a lot of title uh, matches recently. We've seen some titles vacated that were um, getting filled pre- in previous weeks. Um, Stigma winning the, the CML World Super Lightweight title, which was vacated for the longest time. Um, there's still um, the title that I made a joke that Sobrano Jr. had vacated the national, um, I think he vacated the national welterweight title. And so now he's, Having lost that t- the 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 middleweight title, he could actually challenge for that title. Um, I look at it. I don't know. I kind of with Sobrano Junior. I don't. There was always like ever since the whole thing with Ultimo Guerrero. There's always kind of been some a, a, a bit of a doubt that I don't know if there if Euphoria or Sobrano Junior would stick around for too long in CMLL. I think Euphoria probably has more to um, to reason to stay long term just because he's part of the Los Infernales. Um, he's a prominent member of CML lacks a lot of heavyweight so he's going to be like when they're going to have a heavyweight title match he's going to be very much a name included in that list because really other than um, Terrible, Echicero, Cranio, Volcano, Ultimo Guerrero there's not a lot of uh, options Um, even some of the guys who you think are heavyweights are actually more light heavyweight or even uh, middleweight um, sized and they pretty much just kind of like make it seem like they're heavyweights so i don't know if he would necessarily want to leave um then again you never know it it would make it would be a it wouldn't be such a bad idea for him if he if he felt uncomfortable there's there's a lot of options i don't know i think there's a lot of options it's not that they're better options they're just more options available i don't know i think i think it'd be hard soberano jr probably has a little bit more options there's always the possibility of just um, being a working triple a um, being a part of um, the group of guys that, you know, kind of like with Bandito, um, Dragon Lee, Drillistico, all these other guys that are kind of like in that group of guys that you kind of think could be guys that maybe get an opportunity in the U- United States or maybe, you know, or Japan, or maybe they, they get more work in, in, the, in Mexico. Um, it's, I think it's a weird situation because right now, now that um, with Ring of Honor kind of um, being part of uh, the whole AEW you know they're all part of that now. It kind of it kind of limits what they what what's where some places where guys are gonna go. It's not like you're gonna see like a, a, a big splurge of, of of what WCW did where they brought in like six, 15, 16 triple um, luchadors. Um, we are not really seeing that right now. Um, we're maybe seeing like maybe a handful of guys in one promotion, maybe a two or three in one, and then you know two or three in the other. Um, not as many guys available are getting as many opportunities and even if they are it's like it's kind of like you're just it's just like a weird situation right now but um i you know to me i honestly like the fact that cml has pretty much shut themselves out of um having any working relationship with anybody in the united states right now i can kind of see maybe like someone like sobrano jr maybe thinking you know maybe it's better for me not to be in and see i mean even with new japan they're, they're not even getting um, their guys sent to Japan, which is really weird because uh, what we're seeing now is like we're seeing we're already getting um, luchadors announced for um, for Noah. Um, so I don't know. Maybe we're maybe we'll we'll get some announcements um, for maybe that's the reason Sobrano Jr. was was forced to vacate the time. Maybe maybe he's gonna do. Maybe he's heading somewhere. I don't know. I mean, hopefully it would suck if he left. Just because I think that CML there is a little bit of a. a glimmer of hope just because they do have a handful of guys that are really good but then they have so many guys that are just really bad and then there's also like this group of guys that are 
it's not even the wrestlers themselves it's just the way the, the promotions is 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 booked and the way it's all organized the way um even the way that the people have their matches it's so um it just doesn't come across properly it just doesn't work well um you're not really getting any great matches right now i think in the last the start of the year there hasn't been a, a great match there's been good matches but nothing that that has really stood out where people are saying oh you got to watch this match whereas we've seen independence and maybe like even we've seen triple and independence have a couple of matches where people are like you should watch this and a lot of it has to do with hijo del vikingo and and probably bandito and and you know loretto kid probably being all the guys that are get, getting mentioned but um we're not really seeing that with cmll which is unfortunate um but yeah you know when when they when they when so Barano Jr. Euphoria dropped the titles, seemed a little sus- suspicious. I don't know. I'm kind of 50-50 right now when, with what's going on. What I do know is that Euphoria is going to be on a show. One of the they um, during Informa they were announcing that they were um, Robin and Ombra Bala Jr. were the ones that brought it up that they're doing a they're having a baseball game against a, a rock band in um, in late April. So I'm guessing maybe that was the reason why they had to change plans, and maybe that's why, because um, Euphoria is definitely on the baseball team, and he's work he's playing the baseball game, and it's basically a a weekend event where there's a baseball game, there's going to be a a rock concert, and there's going to be a lucha show, and Euphoria's Euphoria's in the baseball game, and Euphoria and Sobrano Jr. are working the 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 lucha show. So I don't know, maybe that's um maybe that's the reason. Who knows? All I know is like with, ever since. You know, it's been a while in recent years. In the last three years, I mean, you just never know with CML. Guys just suddenly leave. People that you don't even think would leave suddenly just have left. I mean, like Vangelis. I mean, right now, Vangelis, I don't know what, I don't know how well it's going for him at the independent scene, but if he had stuck around in CML, he'd probably be working main events to our um, disappointment. Because and and there's been a few other guys because I mean we're seeing like um, Okumura has been regularly on on a lot of shows. Dark Magic has been on a lot of shows. So uh, and those guys are way lower than Vangelis on the card. Vangelis would probably be higher, although probably not because actually they probably would have kept that that faction that Okumura had with Vangelis and Dark Magic. They probably would have been um, working main events on um, on Tuesday and and Sunday shows. Uh, I don't know. It would have been awful. But good thing Vangelis left. That's all that matters. Um, but yeah, that 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 kind of seemed a little suspicious. They also crowned new Arena Coliseo Tag Team Champions as Ombre Bala Jr. and Robin beat Akuma and Espato Jr. in Arena Coliseo to win those titles. Unfortunately for Ombre Bala Jr. and Robin, they were not included in the Universal Tournament. The Wednesday prior to the start of um, the Universal Tournament, which was this past Friday, um, CML kind of um, explained the formatting. The, the The first Friday was actually all the national champions. The second Friday is going to be a three-way between the Na- the NWA World Historic Champions, and then the the following Friday would be the CML World Champions. Um, the only rule with the CML World Champions is that no one that has another title can be. If somebody has two titles, like Angel de Oro, who has a who is the national I don't know what national title I think it's the middleweight title that he, he has, or the light heavyweight title, he can't be in the in the CMLL uh, title block for the Universal Tournament, even though he is the CM, one half of the CML World Tag Team Champions. I think his brother will be in that block, um, but it was um, it was interesting to see that. Uh, I think that's actually a pretty good, a, a more, that that makes a little more sense. 
Um, at the same time, that probably means you don't have to fill out every single title. As long as you have eight champions for, for the, the CML and national titles, and then you have three for the the historic, that's all that matters. Um, you should be good with that as far as doing the three-way. Uh, so Templario won the first block, so at least we know one good um, opponent will... One good challenger will be in the final. Um, I'm the the national the the historic title um, champions are um, Mystico is the middleweight, Volador Junior is the welterweight, and I think Stuka Junior is the light heavyweight. So I'm guessing one of those guys will. I think any of those three, I think I'm okay with because they're all pretty good. I would kind of prefer Mystico or Volador Jr. ahead of Stuka Jr. Um, I'm guessing I wouldn't be shocked if Stuka. They all have a reason to do to 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 advance just because Volador Jr. is somebody that always gets moved up, and Volador Jr. Templario already in that would automatically make it a good match. It'd be hard for it to like be any. It would be it would be hard for it to be no matter who the third person would be. It would be hard for it to be anything less than a, a good match. And then you have um, Mystico, who's very popular with the fan base, so. I could and he's good also. Stuka Jr. is good also, and I could see him kind of being an upset winner just because um, they obviously kind of if they're still going with the plan of Stuka Jr. versus Atlantis Jr. for the anniversary and their mat and the mass match, um, I think that would make sense. Maybe that he would win it uh, and, and advance to the Universal um, Tournament final. Speaking of um, somebody who was gone for a while, Atlantis Jr. He was he was um, MIA for about two weeks. And people were starting to wonder what was going on with him. And fortunately, he did show up again. Um, that's why I think that's where I'm kind of confused because you start to wonder maybe someone's leaving and then suddenly they pop up. I know Sobrano Jr. and Euphoria um, reappeared on a couple of um, shows. So uh, maybe that's maybe it's not a it's not as it's not exactly what we're thinking it's going to be. Um, so uh, maybe it's just like I said, I think it, it might have been that CML just wanted a little bit more excitement leading into the the universal tournament so they had title changes um to change the so that people would be like whoa that's some, some changes in that um but yeah that that should be an interesting um that should be an interesting um tournament final i'm not a big fan of these of these tournaments honestly like i think mostly the finals is all that matters so they probably could have just done without any of these other stu- other things honestly they could have done it over a weekend over a week um, just do the three blocks you could have done on a on a Sunday, Monday, Tuesday <laughs> shows. I mean, they could have done the they could have done the 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 national champions on a Sunday, done the historic champions in Puebla, and then done the the CML champions on a Tuesday, a Rena Mexico show, and then they could have had it on the the three way at the at the for the sixty sixth anniversary. So that would have saved you a lot of time. Um, I get that they don't want to like they kind of want to do this over a weekly period but it's like uh, who wants to watch tournaments especially when they're only three minute matches and usually for the most part they're not very good um, CML also announced a couple of matches for their 66th anniversary of Arena Mexico show um, which is happening on April 29th they announced a, a Relevos Atomicos women's match which is four versus four nothing really special just Rudas Technicas teaming up in a in a, another match and you know no, nothing much to it. Obviously, the the Universal Final will happen on that show, but they did announce a dream tag match between Ray Bucanero and Ultimo Guerrero versus Averno and Mephisto. Um, this probably would have been great if this was maybe like ten years ago, because <laughs> I think the last time they had a match was in two thousand two. 
So like 10 years ago would have been what? 2012, so 10 years later. So they're doing it 20 years later. Ray Bucanero is a lot older. Um, Ultimo Girl and Averno can still kind of go. Mephisto is kind of like actually still okay. So, I mean, I think it's good enough where you're going to get a little bit of it. It's more of a nostalgia. And I think it's going to be something that a lot of the diehard fans are going to be like, yeah, two of the best tag teams in CML history, especially over the past 20 years, are going to be in this match. Should be fun. Um, I thought that was a good thing to do. It should be a good match also because they're kind of doing a little bit more with the lightweights. So I hope there's a, like at least a Panterita del Ring junior match under underneath. Um, I would personally go for a six-match card for that show just be, just because um, you got you kind of want people to, to want to watch that. And um, I don't know. like To me, that's what I would want. I would prefer something a little bit stronger. Although, to be fair, if you're only watching these shows on CML's YouTube channel like two weeks, I think it's two weeks later, then you probably just want a five-match card because it gives you a better chance of getting all five matches on there or at least getting the good the four matches. So, yeah, so CML, really, that's all it's been. A lot of title changes, a lot of um, build-up to tournaments. Um, I think I'm, I'm expecting at least one more tournament soon with the with the welterweight title being vacant. Um, and like I said, don't be shocked if Sobrano Jr. wins back his title. I don't think he would do that. I don't think that would be, that would just be a back going backwards type of thing. My guess is he's probably either going to challenge for the title against Dragon Rojo Jr. or another title, or he's probably being positioned to to go against something else. Personally, on a per, I would personally like to see a four and Soberano Jr. team up and like win the CML, CML World Tag Team titles. Um, but I think I think there's also the possibility that he could leave. Um, both could leave just because of the whole politics and the promotion right now with um, their situation with Ultimo Guerrero that, you know, it's still going on. And although there hasn't really, it hasn't been anything like, it hasn't been anything as bad. Um, I don't think it's been as bad as what um, some other stuff that we've seen from previous, um, you know, issues, you know, like when Ultimo Guerrero had the issue with the Alvarado family. I mean, I don't think it's as bad as that. Um, but, you know, it's still, it's still something that's lingering. And also, it's not helping that the Lutero family right now is kind of running the promotion like they did in nineteen in the early nineteen seventies. So um, right now, you're really seeing uh, like if you look back at the nineteen, go look at the lineups, go back, look at look at um nineteen seventy four, nineteen seventy five, look at CML lineups, the EML lineups at that time, and then start noticing all the guys starting to leave during that time period, and then start lo- looking at the lineups going forward, and then you know you start seeing and even going on. For the next year, couple of years, you start seeing guys leave, and really the the one big saving grace when when those guys all left was that the fact that uh, Paraguayo joined the main roster at around the same time that so many guys were leaving, so they were able to get somebody who was super charismatic, and and was a, turned out to be a big star, and they were able to put him in there with um El Santo to build him up, and that kind of kept them that kept them strong for a while until uh, eventually Paraguay also left and and went to um Promociones Mora. Triple A had some news recently as they made some announcements for Triple their Triple Mania in Tijuana show, uh, which I think is happening in the summer. I think it's in June. Don't hold me to that because I forgot to completely. I forgot to write the date for that. But um, they actually announced three matches. Obviously, actually not three matches, four matches because they're gonna actually technically five matches, but it's more of a tournament concept. The they're gonna continue the semifinals of the Ruleta de la Muerte Mass tournament. Um, in Tijuana that will feature the semifinals and that should be um, um, we'll have more of an idea of what's uh, that should be interesting because I still think they're going to go with at least 
two of the guys who can I think they're gonna go with three guys that can still work um, so I think you're gonna see because the I think the idea is that the losers are advanced so um, if the losers are advancing you'd want the the better workers kind of losing um, so we might actually see psycho clown losing to connect uh, which I think would be um, hilarious you know hilarious in a way where it's like uh, there's no way uh, somebody who's in their in their 30s should be losing a wrestling match to somebody in their 70s but that's lucha libre for you um, they also announced an eight women mass cage match with the final two advancing to a singles mask match um, they did announce a couple of the women um, i think from my understanding there's probably going to have to be at least because they only announced i think five and i think they're the guesses were maybe two other that are in, and then they kind of like the kind of i think that leaves them to one that they probably would have to bring in that's um that's not in the promotion right now i wouldn't be shocked if they bring somebody in um i, th- I think there are a couple of masked um, female wrestlers on the independency not not just in mexico but in um, the u.s um, that they could pro- possibly bring in and the big match that was announced was the first time meeting in a tag match the hardy the hardy boys Matt and Jeff are going to be in Triple A for Triple Mania in Tijuana, and they will be wrestling Los Hermanos Lee, Dragon Lee, and Drillistico. That should be quite the match, um, just because um, the Hardys, one of the the greatest tag teams of all time, really, uh, going up against the Los Hermanos Lee, who are uh, one of the better tag teams in Mexico right now. It's kind of interesting. Like lately, we've kind of seen a, a resurgence of tag team wrestling in, in Mexico, uh, for whatever reason. Even within CMLL, when when we've seen um, the national tag team titles and now the Arena Coliseo tag team titles have been um, filled out, we've seen a lot more tag team wrestling. And um, and then in AAA, we're seeing FTR um, going to Mexico. We've, we're getting the Hardys. Um, the Young Bucks. So there's kind of been a resurgence of tag team wrestling, even the independents. Um, one of the reasons Tejano Jr. said he left AAA was he wanted to team up with um, with his brother Supernova, and they actually won the NWA Mexico tag team titles, which is kind of... So you're kind of seeing a little bit of a resurgence in tag team wrestling in Mexico. Hermanos Lee versus the Hardy Boys is going to be something that's going to happen at Triple Mania in Tijuana. And um, I, I think that's the best word to describe what that match should probably be something because we really don't know um it's a possible that this, it's possible that match could be great it's also possible that it could be a, a complete i don't know like it could be a complete uh site to to see just because uh we don't know what to expect from any of these guys i i it, it's going to be interesting i think it's going to be a good match personally i think i think you have dragon lee who's and, and Dralistico who probably are familiar with the hardies i don't think the i think the I think I don't think the Hardys are as familiar with them. Um, they might be a little familiar with um, Dragon Lee just because Dragon Lee worked New Japan and has been a little bit more um, me- mentioned. I don't think they're familiar with Drillistico at all, and I wouldn't be shocked if they think he's. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if they thought he was Sin Cara uh, or or Mystico Caristico. Um, I would not be shocked if initially they they were kind of thinking that might have been him. They might be confused by all that. You know, hopefully, I, I'm hopeful that this will be a good match. It's probably going to be, you know, the fact that it's happening in Tijuana, that automatically tells me that it's going to draw well just because you're getting those two tag teams. And you're going to probably get a lot of people traveling from 
the U.S. to Mexico to watch that, just to witness that match. You're going to get a lot of diehard fans, Lucha fans, that are going to want to watch the Ruleta de la Muerte mass match matches because um, basically you're still going to have a couple of legends as well, some of the the bigger name AAA guys. So um, it should be a it should be a really good show. Should be interesting. Like I said, interesting something. Um, that's the best way to describe what that tag match could be. Um, and I'm excited. I, I'm actually looking forward to that more than some of the other tag team matches, just because it's something we haven't seen. And I'm actually kind of surprised that they, that AAA would give Dragon Lee and Drillistico this match. You would think they would have given it to, um, well, I mean, the Lucha Brothers for one, uh, but or Hijo de Vikingo. <laughs> Although I'm guessing they probably have Hijo de Vikingo planned for something else. Um, but yeah, that's that, that. those were the matches that were announced. Right after that, AAA had the their show at the WrestleCon on March 31st at the Fairmont Hotel in Dallas, Texas. Show got a lot of good reviews. For the most part, it was good. You know, it had some interesting matches. Um, but the big news was actually the big reveal at the end of the show when Psycho Clown beat Taurus. Psycho Clown was attacked by Lampresa, and they were joined by Jeff Jarrett and Karen Jarrett. And it was revealed that Jeff Jarrett was behind Lampresa and was back in AAA. Um, so we're getting Jeff Jarrett back. If you're a fan of Jeff Jarrett or if you're a fan of the whole Jeff Jarrett uh, and Karen Jarrett in AAA scene, then you're you're probably excited about it. I'm more, I think I there is this curiosity to Jeff Jarrett just because the last time he was there, I think was that was that show where he showed up at um, in no condition to wrestle and it was that Copa Triple Mania. Um, but it still was amusing. Um, Karen, I think probably gets more of a, gets more praise as um the one that really stood out but that should be a fun um that them coming back should be fun D- didn't surprise anybody that they would be coming back just because um as soon as they um jeff left wwe it was kind of kind of like expected that he would come back because he's always had a very good relationship with triple a and since since first showing up i think it's man i think he's been joining going to triple a since about 2004 or 2005 so it's been a long time um on and off i don't think it's been every year because there's been a few years where he didn't go but for the most part he would go pop up show up you know as jeff jarrett the heel the the mega heel foreigner and uh, for the most part he's done pretty well at certain points and he's somebody that is a big name but um also um, he's kind of left little to be desired as far as uh, match quality but for the most part the fact that they're bringing him in and he's the one that leads Lampresa's very um, entertaining. Also on the show, Lampresa uh, threw Microman in a trash can and carried him away after his ma- after his match, where he actually teamed up with Nino Hamburguesa and Taya to beat La Yedra, meaning Abismo Negro and Rey Scorpion in a lumberjack match. Um, the Philip um, brothers actually worked the opener, beating Christy James and Ryan Kidd. I think it's the Philippe Philippe brothers. Um, so I think they're probably. I wouldn't be surprised if they become more of a regular tag team in, um, or make a few more appearances in AAA. Um, Bestia666 and the Mecha Wolf uh, retained their tag team NWA World Tag Team titles by beating Aerostar and Drago. There's another ta- Aerostar and Drago versus the Hardy Boys. I don't. I think they wouldn't have done that just because they really wanted a big name team. And right now, the the Munoz family is kind of a bigger name. And I also think they kind of did the Dragon League Dralistico match because they kind of want. They probably want Rouge at some point to make his way back onto um, a AAA show. Aramis, Mister Iguana, and Octagon Junior beat Abismo Negro Junior, Ares, and Fabi Apache. 
Drago Kid, Jack Cartwheel, and Pagano beat Gringo Loco, Puma King, and Sam Adonis. Um, Gringo Loco was part of the Impre- La Empresa. I actually think that's Gringo Loco, Puma King, and Sam Adonis is actually a pretty good um, faction, a good trio. Um, I think they had obviously Estrellita's part of the group and Microman, Microman, and Jeff Jarrett and Karen Jarrett. So that's actually pretty good. That's actually a better faction than uh, they've had in the past as far as um, when they've done the foreign. Um, Legion, actually, you're also they also have DMT Azul, who's who wasn't on this show, but he's part of the Lampresa, so they kind of have a better faction. Um, for whatever reason, they they've kind of come up with a better group. I mean, yeah, they have a couple of XCMLL guys, but it's not like this thing where it's like so blatantly looking like CMLL. There's a little bit more of a there, not only is it um, it's a rib, a shot at CMLL, but at the same time, they have a little bit more of a, a colorful look to them. They, they got the whole foreigner thing with um, Jeff, Sam, and Grigo Loco. And then you also have Puma King and DMT Azul. That and Estrellita also being a, a form and microman, microman. So you have a you have a nice blend. And Microman kind of not wanting to be in the group. So that's probably going to lead to something at some point. I wouldn't be shocked that they bring in some other uh, micro to feud with him. Um, just because they need, they would need somebody. Probably even Gaito. <laughs> um, I would actually do that, Gaito and him, just because that's Gaito would probably be the his best capable opponent right now. They could bring in um, Guapito, but Guapito's not good. Um, really, it, it would have to be um, Gaito right now. I would say he'd be the one that I would bring in. Um, I would be shocked if they bring in like a, a foreign uh, micro, maybe like a horn swoggle to feud with him. Um, but yeah, that. That was um, that was interesting. Then we had Loretto Kid beating Bandito and Flamita to retain the AAA World Cruiserweight title. That was a, a great match. Um, overall, I think it was kept pretty short, though, um, if I recall. Um, but uh, for the most part, that was a that was a really good show. I mean, as far as a, a, for a AAA show, I think that's kind of like what you were hoping every AAA show could be like where it's not overbooked and it doesn't feel like it's going on and on and it's not adding more to you. Like, it doesn't become like something that's time-consuming. Um, to be fair, I think the way, one of the drawbacks with, um, and this isn't just AAA, I think this is also includes CMLL. One of the drawbacks with um, AAA and CML doing pay-per-views is that in some cases, if you don't, if you have, you have the option of watching it that way, but at the same time, you can also wait two weeks or three weeks and odds are they're going to air it on their tele on one of their um, televised shows. So then you end up watching that version later on. So you have the option of doing that, which I think also kind of hurts just because I think a lot of people in the back of their heads are thinking, you know, I could just wait two weeks, watch it that way. Um, and I think it hurts the promotions in some ways. I think it helps just because I think it, I don't think it doesn't matter. I, I think if, if there's people that are, if they're not going to pay, they're not going to pay. Um, so you're not going to win them over some people like, like if, like if they are really wanting to watch it, they'll pay for it. And if it airs later on, they're okay with it because you know that whatever airs is going to be edited down a bit for television. Um, and there's not going to be certain things that aren't going to, that, that might've aired on the live show that won't, won't be airing on the, on the tape show. But um, yeah, you know, overall, I thought that was a, that was a good show. Um, some other news, Hijo de la Lebrije has, and IWRG have parted ways. Um, I know many of you did not see this coming and are very saddened to hear this. Um, not really, because we all knew this. Uh, for whatever reason, ever since IWRG has done the whole contract signing thing, um, that gimmick on their face, posting it on their social media, um, I think for the most part, all of them have quit that, have left the promotion despite having signed contracts. I think there's been a few. Um, I know, um, 
Who's the other one that? Uh, oh God, there's been a, f- a couple of people that have done that besides Hijo de Alebrije. Um, I think Baby Extreme did that too. It might have been him that did that. I think I know he he did one where he signed a contract with somebody. It might have been Chaos, but it, it, the Chaos promotion. But I know he did one of those. There was somebody else that did one for IWRG, and um, they're not there anymore. But um, for the most part, that whole thing is so weird. Um, Hijo de Alebrije. I wouldn't be shocked if he ends up in AAA or maybe even CML just because, you know, he's, he's, why not? He could go anywhere. Um, he could still be on independent shows too. So he, he could, he'll show up somewhere. Um, the other news from IWRG, and this is probably the biggest news in Big Boy and Big Chico Che have been in search for a new member of Los Strippers Big. Um, Big Mike left the group. Um, he started a new faction called Old School. I think it features Fulgor, somebody else is in the group but it's like a, they're trying to do like an old school thing where they're trying to feud with um you know all the the new school type the new um generation of wrestlers you know the high flyers which is kind of cool because i think that's that big mike is one of the better bases in lucha libre and i think that's going to be something that that he's i mean if, if he's going to focus on that that's going to probably make him more of a that's kind of building his reputation than anything else. I don't know if it's going to make build up his um bank account, but at least his reputation if if he wants to be known as one of the top guys in in some aspect of lucha libre, then that's, you know, base is a good thing to be a a good base is a good thing to be in, in lucha libre. Uh, but Big Boy and Big Chico Che, um they posted um IWRG posted a video of them searching for stripper big member and IWRG will be holding auditions on April 13th in Arena Nacalpan. They made the announcement that the only requirements to join Los Troopers Big are you must be chubby, you can dance, and you must be horny, um, which is hilarious. And I I hope I hope we get a I get I hope we get like some audition video um, highlights. Of, of who shows up to want to join the strippers big kind of like the los guapos the shocker um guapos um sketches from the early 2000s when he was starting um universidad de guapos we would get some of the most random guys and i think um, we got some early looks of some guys that would later be regulars in cmll um i always thought that was kind of cool um hopefully we get that for the for the big strippers auditions um hopefully they'll post it on their on their youtube channel on their social media uh, it should be fun I, I look forward to that so that's it for this episode of the lucha world podcast hope everybody has a wonderful week be sure to check out luchaworld.com for the latest news in the world of lucha libre you can also visit my other site retrowrestling.com for old school wrestling reviews for more audio content check out the retro wrestling youtube channel for show reviews the lucha world podcast and other content you can also join the lucha world patreon which has three different reward tiers and features Lucha Magazine write-ups, more podcasts, and the monthly video vault featuring 10 different show titles available in ISO file format, which is, you know, DVDs converted into ISO files. You just um, extract them and you have yourself a DVD. So that's it for this week. Thanks everyone for listening and we will be back again soon.